0: Isaiah chapter 53, and again this morning we're going to talk about the message of missions. Last week, Thursday, was hindrances to missions, and this week we're going to talk about the message of missions. Isaiah chapter 53, I find this an interesting passage in the Bible. You've got 12 verses of Scripture in, in this chapter, 12 verses, and in these 12 verses there is at least 40 References to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you took a pencil and underlined three words throughout this chapter, he, his, and him, he, his, and him, you'll find forty at least forty. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a few more than forty, but I I think I've come up with at least forty times in twelve verses where Jesus Christ is referenced. That's a pretty important twelve verses of scripture, I would say. And as far as I can tell. Uh, what we read about in Isaiah chapter 53 is one of the most important messages that the Bible gives us, okay? And it is the message of missions. It is, it is the, uh, the Lamb of God that gave His life for the sins of the world. That's what you read about in Isaiah chapter 53. And in Isaiah chapter 53, there are three questions that are asked in these 12 verses. Three questions. Two of them are answered. Two of the questions have answers to them. The third question is an open-ended question, okay? And we're going to look at those questions today. And as we do that, we're going to show the message of missions, all right? Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 1, the Bible says, Who hath believed our report? So that's the first question, all right? Second question, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Okay, that's your second question. Now look over at verse number eight. The Bible says, and he uh, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? That's your third question. That's your third question. Let's pray right there. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for these people that's come out this morning to hear your word, Lord. I pray that you'd bless it. Uh, Lord, help me to relay this to to your people, God. Use me as your vessel this morning. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would get a blessing from the Word of God and that most of all, you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So he says uh, in verse number one, Who hath believed our report? I love how he says our report. He says, Who hath believed our report? Our report. Um, Who's believed that? If you're saved this morning, that means that you've believed the report. The report. So what's the report? That's the message. The report here is the message. We're talking about the message of missions. And he says the first question is, who hath believed our report? Well, when you... uh, First, that's really a two-part question. One is who's who's believed the report, but second part of it would be I would have to ask myself, what's the report? What is it that I'm to believe? What what are you talking about? This report here, you say to uh, who hath believed our report? Well, the report is given. Throughout the next 12 verses of Isaiah chapter 53, in verse 2, he starts talking about, He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. He shall grow up before him, and as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form. Who's he? That's Jesus Christ. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, that's Jesus, there is no beauty that we should desire him, that's Jesus Christ. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it. We hid, as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You see, we've already read over six references already to, to Jesus Christ and we're in verse 3. It's a big deal. This is 12 verses about one man and about one message at one point on the on the historical timeline of the human race. This is what this is talking about. He says in verse number 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We talked about this morning that broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ right there you can he he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He carried the sin and the sorrows of every man to the cross. And right here's the telling of it. Here's part of the report. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him, that's Jesus Christ, the Lord God hath laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us, all. So what's the message? What's the report? There's a man coming that's going to that's carry all of this, all of your sin debt to the cross. He is going to... The, God is going to lay on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He... You cannot get away from it. He is brought as a lamb... To the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. John said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world." The message of missions—it's all about Christ and what He did for us. He says. Uh, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken? And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence. See, he was, he was sinless. He was not guilty of anything. He was a sinless man. The only way that he could have been a sinless man was to have been was to have been conceived by a sinless seed, which is, the, which is by the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. He says he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet, this would make a good Bible study for somebody to find out what pleases the Lord. It says here, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, I believe that's God, hath put him, Jesus Christ, to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering... For sin, God demanded offerings. God demanded uh, uh, offerings that were not blemished. God demanded offerings that were without spot and without blemish. And we can read in the book of Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats can never take away sins, but that the blood of but but the blood of Jesus Christ, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But it's this blood. It's this sacrifice. It's this offering that God provided for Himself when He provided Himself a lamb. It is this offering that God made for sin for all of mankind. That's the message. He shall prolong His days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. There's his death. He was numbered among the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. What a message. I mean, what a message. Let's look at it in the New Testament. Come to First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he gets to chapter number 15, and boy, has he raked them over the coals in the previous 14 chapters. I mean, he has addressed everything that you can think of to, these, to this church at Corinth. And he gets right here to chapter 15, and he says, what's the first word? Moreover. Moreover. What's that mean? All right. More than anything that I've said thus far. Uh, everything that I've said, now we come to this and we see this word, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. So how are you saved? You're saved by this gospel. What's the gospel he's about to tell us? What's the message he's about to tell us? By the which you are also saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve, so on and so forth. So the report, what's the report? The report is that Christ died. For our sins. That's the message of missions. The message of missions is the gospel. It's not uh, prosperity, though some would change it to that. The message of missions is not uh, a better life, though when you get saved, things do get better. But I'll tell you, I had more. Uh, I oh me, you're talking about some hard. I mean, I've probably had more hard times as a Christian than I did before I was saved. The way I was living before I was saved, there was nothing, I mean, nothing seemed hard. I didn't know anything different. Then you get saved, and now all of a sudden you've got a bullseye on your back, and everywhere you turn, there's, there's a battle to be fought. And so he says that this report is the gospel. It's not prosperity, it's not get saved today, and everything will be better. You'll have money, you'll have friends. Matter of fact, you get saved, you might have less friends. You might become the... I went from the black sheep of my family on one side to the black sheep of my family on the other side when I got saved. So this message, we need to be careful when we're we're out soul winning that the message is not, do you want to go to heaven when you die? That's not the message either. The message of missions is that Christ died for our sins and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day. Nowhere can you find in the scriptures of any time in the book of Acts where, which is the true history of the church that we have is in the book of Acts and not one time the Ethiopian eunuch, he preached unto him Jesus. They preached the gospel. They preached the word of God. They didn't go and give them some kind of a false. And every message that was preached consisted the, the, the main point of the message was the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the message of missions is the gospel. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, if you preach anything except that, you're to be accursed. Right. And he thought so highly about that that he said it twice. He said, if anybody comes to you and preaches any other gospel than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. So you go soul winning, you've got a message that you have to deliver to these people. And that message needs to be carefully given from the scriptures, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anything less than that is not, it's heresy. That is the message. It is, that is the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. And so that's the report. But the question is, who hath believed that report? If you're saved you've believed that report. You cannot get saved outside of believing that report that Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again for the third day. This is not just a head knowledge. This is Romans 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It has to get from your head. The intellectual side of this has to get from your head into your heart. And you believe that by faith and trust Christ. And that is when God will recognize you as someone who has believed the report. And I'm not talking about the historical fact, the whatever else you might read about it. I'm not talking about the, the the. if I ask Laban, did Christ die for you? Yes. He'll tell me yes. You go out here and ask anybody walking up and down this road, do you believe in Jesus Christ? They'll say yes. You ask a Muslim, do you believe in Christ? Yes. Are they saved? No. Not just because, it's more than just a... It's, you have to believe on him. You have to realize that, that, that he did that for you. That offering that was made in Isaiah chapter 53 was for you. It's a personal offering, it's your lamb. It's not just a lamb, it's the lamb of God that was made your lamb to atone for your sins and my sins on the cross. That's right. And if you've believed that, then you've believed the report. But then he says uh, one thing, too, you need to understand is just because you hear the report, Everybody that hears the gospel doesn't get saved. Not everybody that I mean I, I in in Africa over the last 14 uh, 13 14 months we have probably preached the gospel to literally thousands of people. And I maybe maybe and I I don't I I, I would say I can count I'm not I, I would I can count on one hand how many converts from preaching to thousands of people. Not everybody believes the report. And we'll talk tonight about the method of missions, but uh, whether they believe or not has nothing to do with our responsibility to, to, to preach it. Okay? If, if, if the only time I preached the gospel was when I knew that someone was going to respond to it, I would never go and preach it. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to go and preach the gospel... And not a single person is going to respond to it. But if you don't sow seed, you can't have a harvest. If you've ever grown a garden, you know that. And you've got to sow the seed. If you don't sow the seed, there is no harvest. We'll get to that a little bit later. But he says, who hath believed our report? So the message is the gospel. So who's the message for? Who's the message for? Look back at Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, the second question is asked Uh, And it says, And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Okay? Revealed. Who is this arm of salvation? Who Who is this message revealed to? Who has the ability? Who's this message for? Who's this message for? Have you heard the gospel? That means it was for you. If someone in China hears the gospel, does that mean it was for them? So this Message, this report, this arm of the Lord is revealed to everybody. It's revealed to the whole world. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Talking about creation. Creation reveals, he says that it that the Son is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. That's the Lord Jesus. That's that's pointing. Creation Uh, points someone to uh, Christ. That's Romans chapter 1. That's that's God's first witness that He gives the conscience of every man is creation. That's Romans chapter 1. So this report, this message, has been revealed to the whole world. Some would have you to believe that God only has this message uh, for a certain group of people. That is a heresy called Calvinism, okay? Don't fall into the trap of Calvinism, which says that Christ only died for a select few of people or that God, uh, Christ only died for a few. They have what they call their tulip, total depravity, unconditional uh, election, uh, unconditional... Limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Something like that. And you can, if you know anything at all about your Bible, in five minutes, a ke- five minutes, a careful examination of all of that tells you that it's not true. Why would you allow three verses that says something against 50 outweigh the 50? That's just not wise. And so the arm of the Lord revealed. The Bible says, as I said in John chapter one verse twenty nine. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, "Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world." John three sixteen. Everybody knows this verse. For God so loved the world that who that uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever—that's everybody, right? Are you a whosoever? Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3 and 4, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. He also says in in Timothy that he gave his life a ransom for all. Isaiah chapter 53, it was uh, the transgressors. It was... uh, It was everybody. He said the iniquity of us all. It's all. So this message is not limited. We're talking about the message of missions. It's not limited to a certain elect group. It's not limited to continental boundaries. It's not limited to the Atlantic Ocean. It's not limited to the seashores of California. It's not limited to the beaches of Normandy. It's not limited to the to the country of China. It's not limited to America. It's not limited to your house. It's it it is designed to be a message that goes forth into all the world. In the Old Testament, it was the nation of Israel and they were to carry the glory of God to all nations. Started out before that, uh, Noah, Abraham, Noah, and then Israel became the apple of God's eye and and the nation that was going to become the nation to carry His glory to the nations. Then you come to the New Testament and you have what's called the church, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is responsible for carrying that message of the gospel. So the gospel, uh, sorry, the report is the gospel and the arm of the Lord is revealed to everybody. It is to go forth to the world, okay? That's the message of the gospel. Or that's the message of missions. But there's one more thing about this message of missions, One more thing. Verse number eight, there's a third question asked. And he was taken from prison and from judgment. And here's the question. And who shall declare his generation? Let me me put that into, uh, let me interpret that. Who's going to spread it? Who shall declare What does it mean to declare something? Speak it, right? Who's going to take this report to the world that it was designed to be revealed to? Who is going to take it? See, this message is so powerful that Romans chapter 1 verse number 16 says that uh, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. I do not have to be ashamed of this message because it's not me that provides the power needed for someone to get saved. I don't have to be ashamed of this gospel message because it's the gospel alone that's powerful enough to convict someone of their sins, to show them the way of righteousness, and show them what they need to place their faith and trust in, and it's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. And the question is asked in Isaiah chapter 53, who shall declare his generation? You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, I believe it is, verse 36, it's a, talking about David. And the Bible says that David served his generation. What does that mean to me? What does that mean for us today? While David was here on the earth, he did everything he could To serve His generation. The Bible says here, who shall declare His generation? Who's going to take this message to the people that you're around? You're here for a period of time. There is a period of time in history that God lets you be a steward of. And your stewardship of that time that God gives you, (coughs) He asked the question, Who shall declare his generation. That block of time, though so small, God is looking for people who are going to declare that message that has been revealed to the world. You said you had believed it. That's the number one condition for being able to spread it. It's hard to tell. If you go to a good doctor, you'll tell everybody in the country about him. You will. You will. You don't have any problem declaring that doctor down there or that chiropractor that helped you so much with your neck or, or the uh, pediatrician that helped you with one of your children at one point in time. You'll refer thousands, hundreds of people to that doctor. But the doctor that did the most for us is the one that we speak the least about because we're ashamed. We think that the work has to be done by us. The work was accomplished at Calvary. That's what we we talked about this morning in Sunday school. That's what we're to remember. We're to remember the finished work of Christ. There is nothing else for us to do except simply declare the message. There is no labor in declaring the message. He's he's laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He has borne our griefs. He has been despised and rejected. The rejection, the Bible talks about it over there in... uh, uh, it just went out of my mind, talking about they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. When you take that word out there, it's not you that they're rejecting, they're rejecting me. You're just the vessel. So concerning this message of missions, what is it? It's the gospel. And it has to go forth, and God asked the question, Who shall declare His generation? Who is going to declare this message to the people during that period of time that they're here on planet Earth? Who is going to give this message? And now, there's an interesting passage. Uh, let me say this first. I'm almost done. Y'all have heard preachers say that before, and it's been another 30 minutes. But I really, I want, to, I want to finish this up. Anyone who has believed the report has been commissioned by God to go, to be a a witness. Anyone who has believed the gospel and trusted Christ as their Savior, according to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, has been made an ambassador of Christ and has been given the ministry of reconciliation. So everyone in this room that is saved, if you're saved here today, you have been commissioned by God to be an ambassador. God has a purpose for you and he asked the question who shall declare his generation what part are you going to have in reaching the lost with the gospel while you're here on planet earth now this is a big contrast from what i preached to you Sunday Thursday night you would have probably thought by the way i was preaching Thursday night that i didn't believe in passing out tracts or that i didn't believe in going out into all the world and preaching the gospel i'm trying to bring some balance to it okay But the question is, who shall declare his generation? And so there's a purpose. What I'm saying is there's a purpose. God has given every one of us this purpose to be an ambassador. God has given every man the ability according to the measure of faith, according to the uh, gifts. There's gifts that have been given to everybody. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, You can read about all that. Okay? And I want to show you an example of someone in the Bible who... Now this is an illustration and it's 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 one of the it's one of the one of the best that I know of. Go to 1 Samuel chapter number 10. Now listen to what I'm saying. God, what I'm, what, what, God has given every saved person a purpose. God has called you to Christian service simply by the virtue of your salvation. The moment that you got saved, you were you were you were made an ambassador. Of Christ and given the ministry of reconciliation. Is everybody with me on that? We're all on the same page concerning that. So there's a purpose. I want to show you a man who, when it was his time to step up to the plate and fulfill the purpose that God had given him, he was nowhere to be found. And God is asking a question in Isaiah chapter 53 who shall declare his generation? It's a question. It's an open ended question. It's the only question in the 12 verses that did not get answered because it's an open invitation. The other two are settled. You've got all the scripture in the world on that. The third one is a question. Okay, now, here's the. We know the answers. Now, who's going to take the answer to the questions out there? Who's going to reveal this message to the world? So there's a purpose. And in 1 Samuel chapter 10, look at verse twenty This is about uh, Samuel and Saul. Look here at verse twenty. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. And when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their father, by their families, the family of uh, Metri was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish was taken, and when they sought him, who are they seeking? Saul. It's Saul's appointed time to take the the throne, right? Saul is the man in line that God has put in the position to step up and represent him before the people. Is that right? That's what we're reading about. And it comes time for Saul to to do what God had called him to do. It is, it is time for Saul to fulfill the purpose, the job that God had given him while on planet earth. And the Bible says here, when they sought him, he could not be found. This message of missions needs people who are willing to be found when God comes looking and when people come looking for truth, God needs people who are willing to say, answer the question and say, yes, I will declare my generation. I will tell you. They don't need to be like Saul when it came his time to not be found. But this is, this is the amazing thing. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord further. I thought about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 praying and God sending Peter to Cornelius. What happens here, the, the Bible says in verse 22, they, therefore they inquired of the Lord further. This is the people inquiring of the Lord. They're ready for their king. They need, they need to hear that what's going on here. And it says here, therefore they inquired of the Lord, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. God's looking for people who will take this message of missions to the world. And one of the best illustrations that I can find that would represent Americans in 2022, God's still looking for someone to take the message to the world. There are people all around the world inquiring the Lord to send them somebody. There are people in your town, in Cookville, Tennessee, searching and inquiring of the Lord. God, where are you? If you're there, if you're real, show yourself to me. And God wants to send men and women out into the world to be a gospel witness, and all too often we are like Saul. And when the time comes, we are nowhere to be found. And when the people further inquire of the Lord, we go and we hide ourselves among the stuff. All of our American conveniences, all of our comforts, we go and we hide ourselves among all that stuff, and we forget that this world needs to hear the message of missions. And so the question is, who shall declare his generation? Amen.